The commission that Joe Biden gathered together to analyze the results of court packing has released their draft report, and the left is pretty ticked off about it. Afghanistan debacle is now being investigated, sort of. We'll have to talk a little bit about that. And New York City's Bill de Blasio helps to prove Donald Trump was right. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, you may have noticed this podcast is out a little late. It's been kind of an exciting couple of days. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I, I do not live in the most righteous or secure of areas. You might say it's a little sketchy in my area. Now, I've never been shot, never been stabbed, never been mugged, never been raped. Nothing like that has ever happened here. But this area can be get become kind of weird. So what happened yesterday was apparently a gentleman, um, well, he was a nut job. That's, that's basically what the police said. Uh, he had threatened someone with a machete. Now, whether he became a nut job because of drugs, which I'm thinking he probably did, or he became a nut job just because he was a nut job. And trust me, I, I my son was on drugs. He was a nut job when he was on drugs. Who knows? But apparently this guy had locked himself into a house that his father owned. Uh, the, the house was being gutted. It was uh, basically a flip house. And the police knew he was there. His father said, I was talking to him. I know he's there. There's no power. There's no water. There's no heat. There's no furniture. There's no refrigerator. There's nothing in the house. So there's no food. There's nothing there. He doesn't have any money. So the police yesterday, they sat back and they stopped in front of the house. They knew he was there. And they waited and waited and waited and waited. They made the announcements on their PAs and things like that. They were trying to to kind of comfort him in there. And then after about four hours, they decided to take off. Now, this was after I did the podcast yesterday, so um, that's one of the reasons why I'm just late today, because I, I needed to see how this whole thing would end. Well, the police then stuck a, a couple of officers outside the house again. They saw he was there. Then they sent a helicopter. That's another reason why I don't do it, because you'll hear the helicopter through my studio. And he ended up, he ended up being there. They knew he was there. They parked. They had a psychiatrist there. They had his father there. His father was talking to him. They had two detectives. They had a bunch of cops. Not one cop had their gun pulled. And they were just trying to figure out how to get him. So someone asked one of the detectives there, what's going on? This guy's just having a really bad time of it. Um, We're just trying to get him out of the house. They asked him, well, can't you just bust in? He goes, yeah, we could, but he's already threatened somebody with a weapon, and if we bust in, there's a good chance someone's going to get hurt. It's better. This guy's having a bad time of it. Maybe he'll become reasonable, and we just wait. So that went on for five hours today, this morning, and Western time this morning. And then at about 2 o'clock, when Josie was with me and I was showing her where the house was, police started barreling forward. 
And then they found out that this kid, because this guy flips, his father flips houses. He was actually heading to another house that his father owned. And he was running up the street. And apparently one of the neighbors who was Hispanic and the white cop asked the Hispanic lady in Spanish where he went. And he, she said, well, he said he was going up the street and they knew exactly where this guy was going. They ended up tasing him. He ended up fine. I never took any video of it because I just think that this guy, this poor bastard probably has a lot of problems going to him, going with him. But I got up there and I wanted to watch. I wanted to see what was going to happen because I've been watching this for, I don't know, eight hours. And the guy, he was out of his mind. I don't know, again, in drugs, he looked like he was dehydrated. He looked like he was hungry, very skinny. Uh, I saw him as they were putting him into the ambulance. He was in good shape, though. He was just—he wasn't bitching about the fact that he got shot with a taser. He was bitching that he was thirsty. I ended up talking to one of the police officers who was there during both raids, and I said, "You guys showed nothing but empathy, compassion, patience, and power." This guy wasn't getting away. They made it very clear this guy wasn't getting away. But they knew he wasn't getting away. And so instead of creating a situation where people get hurt, they backed off and backed off until they finally had him. And I got to tell you, for the Vista, for the San Diego County Sheriff's Department in Vista, God bless you. You guys really showed something. All right. So let's get to the news. Okay, the report is out. Some months ago, Joe Biden set up a commission to analyze whether or not it would be legal and feasible to make changes to the Supreme Court. In other words, packing the Supreme Court. Now, the draft was initially released was released this week and published by the White House. Actually, I think it was last week. If you go to dumbassestalkingpolitics.com, you can actually read the report. Report's a little long. It's really dry. It's a typical commission report. Uh, It didn't just look at packing the court. It also looked at things like setting term limits, which, by the way, has to be done in the Constitution. You have to do an amendment to the Constitution, so that's not going to happen. And other little things with the court. Uh, Minimum age, for example. uh, Maximum age, for example. So you can't have a justice that's over 80. Which I find ironic because you've got a president who's going on 80 and he can barely, you know, spit two words out of his mouth. So this is what the document found. Quote, the risks of court expansion are considerable, including that it could undermine the very goal of some of its proponents of restoring the the court's legitimacy. Now, understand something about this. This is this is important because what it's basically saying is you start adding people to the court, you're really questioning the court's legitimacy. The Supreme Court isn't meant to be nonpartisan. It's meant to be non-political. It has become political. And when you start hiring, what this is saying is when you start hiring judges based off your political branding, we could say Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but Ruth Bader Ginsburg was against packing the court. And I think Sotomayor... And Kagan, who are also very liberal, they're against it. We know Souter's against it. 
you start adding activist judges into the Supreme Court, it's going to become illegitimate because it's going to become a partisan court. Um, the bipartisan... Now, basically what they're saying is it's probably not a good idea to expand the court. It's going to make it illegitimate. The report added, quote, we have not sought to determine whether any particular perspective on the confirmation process or on the court's composition today is, quote, correct, end quote. Any lawmaker contemplating Supreme Court reform should be aware that the pursuit of immediate court expansion would involve taking a position in partisan contest in which opinion is deeply divided. I hate I hate when lawyers write shit. Okay, I just cussed. I shouldn't have. But that that's the whole thing. You just say, no, if you add to the Supreme Court, the president... It, what it's saying is, sought to determine any particular perspective on confirmation process or the court's composition today is correct. In other words, they don't see a problem with the president nominating Supreme Court measures. They don't see uh, Supreme Court justices. They don't see a problem with what McConnell did in the Senate in 2016. They So none of the process is incorrect. But if you try and force members into the Supreme Court, for example, Biden decides to raise the Supreme Court membership to by four, make it nine to thirteen. Then you have suddenly changed it into a partisan deal, and it's never going to stop because what's going to happen? Well, Republican president is going to win in twenty twenty four. Let's call it what it is, and he's just going to add four Supreme Courts, uh, Supreme Court justices, and it's just going to keep changing until there are two thousand Supreme Court justices. It's bad. The report said that the more divorce... Uh, now, the, the one thing that I thought was very interesting in the report was they talked about a more diverse Supreme Court. And I don't mean diverse as in leftist diverse. I mean diverse as in, let's get somebody from somewhere else into the Supreme Court. Quote, decisions by a more diverse judiciary might be more informed. More generally, a court that has that was drawn from a broader cross section of society might be viewed as a more it might be viewed as more acceptable to the public. Now this makes sense to me. Remember, you don't have a lot of people in the Midwest that graduated from Oklahoma State University on the Supreme Court. There are a lot of people on the court from the East Coast. And in the appellate courts from the appellate courts from the from the West Coast, there are people who are experts in constitutional law that didn't go to Harvard or Columbia or Yale. Even the appellate courts located in smaller states, judges are be being picked from big universities in big states. You could take a look at the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in Nevada. And the gal leading it is from San Francisco. This is not diverse. Why not pick someone from Nevada? This is going to be a big year for the Supreme Court. This is why this is so important. And this is why the left wants to pack the court. Roe versus Wade is going to be judged. The vaccine magnates are going to be judged. Critical race theory being taught in schools is going to be judged. A, a radical gender theory in school is going to be judged and the school's reach 
on gender theory and uh, radical uh, gender theory and uh, critical race theory is going to be judged. Voting rights laws from states like Texas and Florida, they're going to be judged. Needless to say, now that the court is a 6-3 conservative court, and we could say that it's 5-4 because John Roberts is kind of a jerk, but I'm not sure some of the stuff he would go for, the left is beginning to panic. And they should. The left. Uh, so here's Mark Joseph. This is what Mark Joseph from Slate Magazine, a far leftist magazine. It's a terrible magazine. I, I do read it just so sometimes I use their opinions. He said, quote, this report is an abomination. An abomination. I mean, you're not exaggerating a little bit here. Okay. This report is an abomination. It assumes that today's Supreme Court is basically apolitical while fretting that reforms with any real teeth would politicize it and potentially break democracy. Republicans must be thrilled with this outcome. It's in a gift. It's a gift to the GOP. Of course, when the court is left-leaning, Mark had no issue with it. When Ruth Bader Ginsburg actually leaned the court five to four, he had no complaints. See, that's the problem with these people. They don't see that um, just because you, if you've got a leftist court, they see that as a nonpartisan court. But if you have more conservatives, and by the way, with conservatives, it means they read the Constitution and they base the law on the Constitution. Constitution is a brilliant document by Thomas Jefferson, which we're going to talk about soon. It's a brilliant document. And it's very simple. If it's not in the Bill of Rights, if it's not in the amendments, the states make the decision. This is why the stupidity of Roe versus Wade being overturned, which was a completely crappy law, which is a crappy decision. It's not a big deal. Abortion is not going to be eliminated in California or New York. It will be in Texas and Louise in Texas and Mississippi and Florida. But it will not be eliminated throughout the country. But the problem is the left realizes the conservatives are now playing their games, especially when it comes to something like an abortion. We just wear it down a little bit until people begin to realize it's a crappy law and we shouldn't have abortion here. So here's what they want to do. Here's another one. Uh, Russ Feingold of the American Constitution Society, which is a leftist organization. It, notice that a lot of the People's Republic of China and the Soviet Socialist Republic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, they always do that. Well, it's Constitution Society, they don't want the Constitution. This is a leftist organization. Quote, the discussion materials released today, unfortunately, fail to match the urgency of the situation and do not lay out the solution to the legitimate crisis before us. Again, the only legitimacy is leftist thought. That's what it comes down to. If it's conservative thought, if it's constitutionalist thought, which means you read the Constitution and you actually base your judgment on the Constitution, that's not legitimate. And that is partisan. 
do and what he's basically saying is the urgency he's talking about do something to get rid of conservatives on the court or do something to neutralize the conservatives on the court listen joe biden is not for packing the court i i really don't think he is nancy pelosi is willing to look at it but i get the impression she's not for packing the court the leftist judges on the Supreme Court are also not for packing the court. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Souter, they, they, they don't want to pack the court. They think it's a really bad idea. The radicals are for packing the court. I want you to remember this little article. Because the first leftist party uh, policy that gets shot down by the court, that's when we're going to see quote, an insurrection, end quote, because that's going to happen. Okay, so I'm telling you, we knew this was coming. I just don't know what kind of teeth it has. The State Department Inspector General is now going to do an investigation on the Afghanistan exit. According to Fox News, the reviews will focus on the State Department's special immigrant visa program, Afghan Afghans' process for refugee admission into the United States, resettlement of refugees and visa recipients, and the emergency evacuation of the U.S. Embassy in Kabul. According to an October 15th memo to the Secretary of State Blinken, first reported by Politico and confirmed by Fox News. All right, so the gal who's going to be doing this is a gal named Diana Shaw. So she'll be actually doing the investigation. She wrote to Congress, quote, Given the elevated interest in the work by Congress and the unique circumstances requiring coordination across the Inspector General community, I wanted to notify our committees of jurisdiction of this important work. All right. So this would sound like, oh, God, the State Department is actually going to investigate itself. That's awesome. No. Because the State Department is going to be investigating itself. And you could tell what this means by Shaw's analysis of this. Shaw said she's going to set up a series of projects that actually will inspect the certain compartments of the exit from Afghanistan. I think this is okay, but I won't lie. I don't have any confidence in it. I think if something goes wrong, this will be shoved under the rug. I also think this is going to take years to do. I think they're going to analyze the living crap out of this whole thing. And it's going to be kind of ignored or forgotten. I mean, we're already forgetting about Afghanistan. I'm not. I won't forget about Afghanistan. It's a disaster. Matter of fact, I'm going to have another story tomorrow about Afghanistan. That no one is going to like to hear. That the left doesn't want you to hear. Listen, I think the only way this is going to... We're going to get any information is by actually letting Congress do their thing. And by the way, in 2022, Democrats are going to have some problems. Because it's looking like they are going to get absolutely... And I hate to use this word because it's... But they're going to get raped in Congress in the elections next year. They're going to lose the House and the Senate. And if they can figure it out, they'll kick Nant, they'll kick uh, 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 Kamala Harris out there too. They're going to get killed next year. 
The only way this is going to be handled is if we get some new blood into Congress and they start investigating. Because I don't trust the State Department. I think when the State Department investigation gets close to anything, it will be ignored. It will be forgotten. It will be buried. Because this administration lies. Okay, so here's 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 a fun one. I'm going to keep bringing these up because I, I think they're ignored and they're just it's becoming so commonplace that we're not even paying attention to it so last week a commission appointed by that communist and idiot bel de blasio the mayor of new york city decided to move a statue of thomas jefferson from the new york city hall a local abc affiliate reported quote the statue which dates back to 1833. That statue's been there since 1833. Jesus. Was expected to go on, quote, long-term loan, end quote, to the New York Historical Society by the end of the year, where it would be included in educational exhibits with the proper historical context Likely that likely will include a discussion of, his slave, of Jefferson's slave ownership. Jesus. You know... Uh, again, the historical context, he was also the third president of the United States. He wrote the Declaration of Independence, and he wrote the Constitution. Let's not forget about that. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. He wrote the Constitution for the freest and greatest country in world history. But we got to remind everybody he had like eight slaves. All right. This group that Bill de Blasio created is called the Black Latino and Asian Caucus. Notice no white people in this caucus. They basically cover everybody, but... Uh, and, and by the way, that's racist. Let's call it what it is. Okay, these guys should have more authority over white people because they're people of color. That's racist. They said, quote, This administration owes it to the 5 million New Yorkers of color our members, past, present, and future, represent to resolve the individual memorialized within the confines confines of our people's house be reflective not only in the best traditions of our city history and its diversity but unquestionable character again only the people of color said that and screw white people by the way the smartphones that those guys were tweeting from yet yeah, was invented in a country that thomas jefferson started Charles Barron, a, a New York Assemblyman, quote, How the hell can people see as a hero someone who had hundreds of enslaved Africans? I don't think he had hundreds. Someone who was a racist and who said we were inferior and someone who was slave holding, a slaveholding pedophile. Whoa. For him to be canonized in a statue is incredible. Incredibly racist. Okay couple of problems with this stupid freaking comment that this guy made. Tomer, Thomas, okay, let's get, let's get to the point. Thomas Jefferson did own slaves, but this was okay at the time. Okay? That doesn't make it any less evil, but it was something that was acceptable at the time. By the way, John F. Kennedy was a philanderer. He had affairs with hookers in Europe. That was okay at the time. Bill Clinton was a philanderer. He got BJ's 
in the Oval Office and did things with cigars that I would never recommend. And that was okay. Before you think I'm picking on Democrats, Ronald Reagan was a flanderer. He had affairs left and right while he was when he was married in the 50s. Martin Luther King was a flanderer and he abused women. Physically abused women. But that was okay. Jesse Jackson was a flanderer. Jesse Jackson, the guy who heads the Rainbow Coalition, he was a flanderer. I don't see any complaints about him. Al Sharpton is a tax evader, an anti-Semite, a homophobe, and anti-Asian. He started riots in New York City. And that's okay. Then let's get to... <coughs> let's get to this 15-year-old Sam Sally Hemings thing. Okay? Because... This is something we're never going to know about. There is literally no evidence that Thomas Jefferson slept with Sally Hemings. In fact, Thomas Jefferson, after his wife died, fell in love with a singer and ended up marrying her. Any affair he had with Sally Hemings was short-lived. You can't use DNA to prove any of this stuff because Sally Hemings was also accused of sleeping with Jefferson's brother. In other words, folks, there's no way to prove that Jefferson ever slept with Sally Hemings and raped her. We also have to remember 15 years old in 1700s was marriageable age. It was not like today, 15 years old. Oh, he's a pedophile. He's not a pedophile. Let's not get crazy. Kids at 15 years old were having eight kids by 15. This is absolutely insane. This is... It wasn't considered abnormal that a 15-year-old would be dating somebody else. Hell, Disney was sitting back and making movies about Pocahontas and John Smith. John Smith was 40-some-odd years old. Pocahontas was 12. That's an exaggeration. I, she was, she was uh, like 13. And that, by the way, never happened in history. There's no proof that John Smith actually slept with Pocahontas. But that's my point. My point is we really don't know what actually happened there. So to sit back and say, oh, well, he's definitely this and definitely that. We need to remove a statue. And by the way, forget about the fact that he did, was a president of the United States. He did have the, he did orchestrate the Louisiana Purchase. He did write the Declaration of Independence. And he did write the Constitution. I, I'm, I'm sorry. Here's the, here's the problem. This whole thing is not about Thomas Jefferson. Because the reality is, if you're going to find something wrong with every person, you're going to find something wrong with every person. People are not perfect. And I gave you a list. I gave you a list. JFK, Bill Clinton, Ronald Reagan, Martin Luther King, Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton. They all have their um, flaws. They're all sinners. 
But this is about destroying everything that makes America especially... It's not about Thomas Jefferson. It's about destroying the history. It's about destroying us as an exceptional country. And we are. I mean, Columbus did the amazing thing by discovering America. That accomplishment expanded Western civilization. But the best way they can do is just invalidate Columbus. He he killed he he created genocide, which by the way is like the worst example of Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus did not commit genocide. Christopher Columbus basically lost his position in Spain because he sent back 50, 50 slaves from Haiti or wherever it was he discovered first. Yeah, no. But there are others. Thomas Jefferson, or Thomas Edison, didn't invent the light bulb. It was a black guy, Louis Latimer. That's a lie. Louis Latimer invented the longer-lasting filament that made light bulbs last longer. It was still Thomas Edison. But you can look it up. You can look it up. If people have actually said, no, it wasn't Thomas Edison that, that invented the light bulb. It was Louis Latimer. Well, God bless both of them. God bless Thomas Edison for inventing the light bulb, and God bless Louis Latimer for inventing the longer-lasting filament so that my light bulb doesn't go out after an hour. Mark Twain, the greatest writer in American history, was an abolitionist. He was against slavery. But he's a racist because he said... Because he said a bad word in Tom Sawyer and the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. He said the N-word. Even though when he said the N-word in the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn, it was because that N-word was constantly used back then. It was no different than calling someone a black man or an African American back then. And the fact is, the Adventures of Huckleberry Finn was about Huckleberry Finn helping an escaped slave get out of the South. That's forgotten. Lincoln didn't fight the Civil War to free slaves, but to keep power for Republicans. This is what we're hearing now. The Founding Fathers fought the Revolution not to free ourselves from England and become our own country, but so that we could keep slavery. That's what the 1619 Project is about. Tearing down statues is meant to eliminate history. And if you're going to look at every... You can look at Gandhi. Gandhi did some bad things in his life. You could look at anybody who we consider great in Western civilization and find flaws. And find that the flaws that we see today weren't flaws back then. George Washington owned slaves. He didn't own a lot of slaves. But he, he did own slaves. He also was a president for two terms that they wanted to be president for life. And he said, no, I don't want to be president for life. I need to get back to my business. And... 
A president should not lead for life. He did some great things, but if we're going to sit there and say, okay, he owned 10 slaves, that's going to be an issue. I don't know how many slaves he owned. I know he owned quite a bit. His business depended on him owning slaves at the time. This is all to eliminate our history. Once you eliminate our history, you eliminate American exceptionalism. The left does not think America is awesome. They want to change the history to make it look like America is not awesome. They want to use another failed system like communism, socialism, dare I say fascism, that seems to be what they're accusing us all the time of, but the reality is they're the fascists. They want a system in the United States that promotes poverty, slavery, and genocide. So when you see somebody, and and I, I mentioned that Donald Trump was right here. Donald Trump was absolutely correct here. Donald Trump said, this whole thing started with, um, you know, let's get rid of Robert Lee. I, 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 statues for Robert Lee, and I can understand that. That makes sense. You get rid of Robert, Robert Lee was a traitor to the United States, forgiven by Abraham Lincoln, but he did want the country to be separated. So, yeah, I, I, I understand that. I, I truly understand why they wanted to get rid of that. But... Donald Trump said it. He said, well, yeah, they're going to get rid of Robert Lee. The next will be Thomas be Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. They're not going to stop at Confederates. Guess what? They're not stopping at Confederates. And I'll go a step further. They've already torn down statues of Mark Twain. They've torn down statues of Abraham Lincoln. They've torn down statues of um, George Washington. They're already doing it. Don't buy their crap and always look deeper that there is more to their garbage than they're actually telling. It's time to fight for America. I have a great t-shirt. I I, I told you about this. I forgot where I got it because I don't have it here. It's at Josie's place. But it says fight for America. I get people, two types of people that comment on the shirt. And they comment every time I walk out with that shirt on. Fight for America. And that's all it says in red, white, and blue. It's a white shirt with red and blue. And it says, fight for America. I get the people, I love your shirt. And I get the people, fight for what? Then I said, fight against the tyranny and socialism that's being pushed right now. And do you know what those leftists say when I say that? Nothing. They walk away. Oh, and walk away. Best shirt I ever bought. I'm probably going to buy another one because it doesn't wash well. I actually need to text this guy and tell him, hey, dude, you got to, your shirts need to have better quality. Okay, so there's so much news going on. I, st- I didn't even get into the January 6th commission. I didn't even get into the Harbalay, which is that big freaking monkey thing. Um, I didn't get into uh, this this idiot with Brian Stelter. Oh, not, not Brian. Brian Stelter's the idiot. The person with him just burned the crap out of him. Hopefully we have kind of a slow weekend. Visit my website at dumbasses.talkingpolitics.com. 
<coughs> Sorry. Um, and uh, I hope you have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This is Gene. You've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.